Your financial mission, should you choose to accept it, is to achieve financial clarity. New Intel suggests that bad financial actors are constantly filling the landscape with misinformation and other barriers and obstacles, leaving you with limited time to make the right choices for a successful financial future. To make things easier, we've chosen your team for you. Financial Commander Janine Theus will help lead you to success. As always, should you avoid the excellent guidance you're about to receive, you'll be disavowed. Also, this message will self-destruct in three seconds. Three, two, one. Well, hello there and welcome to Your Financial Mission. Walter Sorholt here alongside Janine Theus. And Janine, it is the final Your Financial Mission. It's our, it's your final mission. That just kind of works well, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, we're, it's time to transition to something new. Yeah. <laughs> still, we're still on a mission. We are absolutely still on a mission, but the mission has changed slightly. It, it'll be a new mission coming along here. So That's right. yeah, it's not the end of your career. It's just the end of this particular financial mission. Uh, what we're talking about is this will be the final show of this particular, uh, I guess, life of this podcast. And then we're going to be transitioning to a new show name in the next episode. And we're going to give you more details about that, but we're going to be debuting a new show as Janine is also going to be launching a radio show by the same name in addition to the podcast called Her Wealth Matters. And Janine, like I said, we're going to dive into the why behind that a little bit later on in in the next episode of the show, which will be the first episode of Her Wealth Matters. But excited for the name change, excited for the new mission uh, that we're going to be uh, sending you out on, joining both on the radio and and here in the podcast space as well. But we couldn't just pull the switch and end the mission without going around the horn one final time on one more good topic under the old umbrella of your financial mission. So you ready for uh, one more episode under the old name? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, We're having, it's a beautiful day here. Just got in from Oregon, which was uh, a typical Oregon winter, January, you know, dark, drizzly, rainy, cold. And (laughs) And it, I get to Maryland and it's nice and sunny. I'm, I, although I'm waiting for the snow. Of course, people are going to kill me for that. But <laughs> yeah, I, uh, you, you, yeah, did you? I think you might miss some snow while you were gone, or maybe a big rainstorm. Maybe it didn't turn into snow. Yeah, I think it was a big rainstorm. But yeah, uh, yeah we were expecting some snow. We didn't really get it, but. You know, it's all good. It's all it's good. Because it's well, just back to three months, people. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> It'll be over before you know it. Well, that's right. On today's show, we're going to talk about bias in financial media, where to find it and what to do about it. And I think it's always a good idea to keep ourselves up to date, Janine, with what's going on in the financial world. It's something that we're going to be able to do on a weekly basis when you launch your radio show here in a couple of weeks. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's also important to understand that the information you get from the media isn't completely unbiased. There are biases that go into it. Doesn't necessarily mean that the information you're getting is bad, but you need to know the bias that might be in particular areas, particular mediums, if you will. So let's talk about some of the problems with financial media. Let's talk about first, Janine, sensationalism. Feels like there's a lot of that going around in today's media world. Well, it's it's everywhere. It's especially in politics, but it's in all of the news outlets, whether it's mainstream, cable, wherever, there's a, a huge sense of um, sensationalism because the goal, their goal, you're trying to get information, but their goal is to get more viewers and keep them watching for as long as possible. 
So in, you know, in the internet world, it's all about getting clicks. So, you know, to their sites. And of course, you have to wade through all the ads unless you have an ad blocker. But, you know, this leads to overly dramatic pundits, people making outrageous claims because it gets your attention. Whether you do anything with the information is a different issue. But there's always, there are always sensationalistic headlines on the web that don't necessarily reflect the reality of what's going on in the world around you. So it's clickbait, as we call it. And, you know, it's important to remember that the media outlets, they would like you to think that their job is to inform you. And for some outlets, that is true. But your, their main job is to entertain you. So you have to be very careful about the context in which you read things and corroborate the information and, you know, which sites you go to that are reliable for information that is accurate. I think you and I are both uh, certainly big fans of capitalism, right? I mean, would that be a yes, correct characterization? Character- yes. I've I figured after, you know, 70 some episodes of uh, this show with you, I, I would have picked up on that at least. Um, however, I feel like this is a great example of where we are a little bit hurt by the amount of competition in media and in news right now. Because I feel like your CNNs and your your Fox Newses and and just you know all the big dogs out there, whether it be cable news or internet, you know New York Times, whatever it may be, they're driven. I mean, they're really pressured and driven through the ranks. To I mean, they're capitalists. They want to make money as these different networks, and so they're driven to get those ratings up and keep those ratings high. And so it leads to people just wanting to say sensationalist things to keep you listening, to keep you clicking, and to keep you viewing because they got to stay in business. So it's a little bit of one of the ills of capitalism. We know it's not a, a perfect system, and it has these bumps in the road. I feel like this is just a really good example of that. It's unfortunate, but it's something that we kind of, as consumers, all have to realize and understand. Oh, that's absolutely correct. Um, and, you know, the biggest way they can keep going is paid placement. So a lot of um, TV shows will feature a certain company or a magazine, write a favorable review of a particular investment, um, gold being one that comes to mind, because everybody wants to hawk gold. Um, but it's really the companies selling the gold. And, you know, you assume it's unbiased journalism and you take it because it's a famous person or a very popular person you know that's hawking this um, particular product. But the reality is this might be the content. It's obviously the content the company has paid for. So even if they're not directly paying for it, they might be getting more favorable coverage than they should be because they're an advertiser with the media outlet. There's a particular radio station I listen to a lot and they advertise this carpet cleaning business ad nauseum it's so annoying but <laughs> so you have to be careful yes they might be good but you're gonna you may have to you know it's it's buyer beware caveat emptor but you know money talks because like you were just saying it keeps people in business and that's the goal of business is to stay in business and to get as many clients as you can and they're getting really creative at paid placements because we're not just talking about traditional commercials anymore. But I, I've noticed in certain local news platforms now, you can pay to have an article 
written about your company or about your location or, you know, whatever it may be about your business goals or desires, you can have somebody at the legitimate, you know, news company write a story about your company. And it looks like maybe it's the news company that's done a cool story about you, but really you've hired them to write that story. And they kind of hide it a little bit, depends on the outlet, but some places hide that more than others. In real small print, there might be at the very bottom of the article, you know, FYI about maybe the the conflicts of interest that exist within the article. Um, I was looking at one the other day, my folks live in, uh, and I'm from Carteret County, North Carolina, went to high school down there and, and vacation down there many years before my family moved down there. My folks are still down there. And it's really funny because I'll see ads not in Carteret County, but away from it as I'm traveling or checking other local news pages, they're hiring these paid placements in other news apps and other news companies to write articles about how cool Carteret County is for business professionals. So there was one last month on healthcare. There was, you know, and, and that it's a great, all nurses are moving to Carteret County to, you know, get <laughs> to start their lives. And they've interviewed different healthcare professionals and nurses talking about how wonderful, and it's just the chamber of commerce uh, has certainly just, you know, hired these ads to be written articles essentially as ads to be written to try and allure and attract more people to come visit the coast and live down at the, at the coast in Carteret County. And it's just, it's really interesting. They're getting very creative, but it's written like a news article, not like a 30 second radio or TV commercial. So it's, it's very clever in many ways. Yeah. So it's a better connect. Um, one of the things I, I find is very interesting is are the number of and I don't plan to do this, but, you know, folks on radio who will get on the credibility ladder, as I call it, you know, by saying, oh, so-and-so, um, some famous talk show host or some famous actor, you know, they're buddies with, or they, it, it appears as though they're buddies. The endorsements, because realistically um, and legally, our business, the advising business is not allowed by law to have testimonials. So it has to, you have to be very careful how that's done. And so, and you know, a couple of folks on different radio stations say, oh, my buddy, so-and-so, you know, by a popular talk show host says, hey, you need to see my buddy, blah, 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 blah. Well, don't assume that that celebrity works with this person because they're getting paid to do the advertisement. It's this cred thing, credibility thing, but are they really credible? Or is that person really working with the celebrity? Probably not. I know, so, an, ad I know an advisor out in the, uh, in the desert who would love to be able to use the local radio guy, the local radio host, as an endorser. He'd love to hire them and have an endorsement uh, for his radio show. But it's really funny. That guy is actually a client. Therefore, he can't have him as it's his endorser. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you, you do have to look at or listen to these things with a bit of a jaundiced ear, you know. So <laughs> It's, because what, it's really interesting. What is, yeah, what is the product? What is the service that they're, you know, hawking or, or advertising? And is it real? Yep, that's a great point. Yeah. Financial bias. So we see it in the sense of sensationalism uh, with paid placements. Uh, I would also throw in here, you know, the wrong audience. You might be hearing a financial message but you are the wrong audience. So that doesn't mean go follow the financial message. It's not necessarily intended for you, Janine, but sometimes we don't even pick up on that fact. Well, and, and that's true. That, that happens a lot because I'll get emails occasionally from clients that say, well, what do you think about this? <laughs> and again, you are unique. Each person is unique. Their situation is unique. And the advice might be for someone else 
in that specific situation, but it still may not be applicable to you or good for you. I have a, a client who was telling me about somebody at work that was, you know, telling them all these kinds of things to do with stock picks and all this other stuff. And I said, and how good are his picks? And he said, well, actually, in retrospect, not very good. I said, well, there you go. <laughs> Don't take stock advice or investing advice from your friend, your coworker, or family member. I mean, it, it almost always ends up badly. So, you you know, you need to be really careful about who they're addressing. And if they're addressing a specific strategy, then the question is, does that fit what you're trying to accomplish? Like Roth conversions. We may be talking a lot more about Roth conversions because of the recent um, passing of the SECURE Act. And, but, you know, and there's a lot of talk about how valuable they are. But you need to understand how this would impact you tax-wise today and in the future. So if you're 35, might be great. If you're 65, might not be so great <laughs> to do those conversions and pay the tax now. It depends on what's going on in your world. So you have to be very careful that you don't just join the wrong, basically put yourself in the wrong position. I feel like we see that a lot with uh, financial, pro you know, certain products, right, Janine? Like reverse mm -hmm. mortgages typically aren't aiming their message toward folks that are younger. But, hey, you may be sick and home one day and watching The Price is Right and <laughs> get some yeah. reverse mortgage advertisements. <laughs> And you, you start thinking, well, that's pretty interesting. You know, I mean, it might catch you, but it, it, wrong audience. You're not in the right right audience for that particular thing. That's, you know, maybe may a sillier example, but we see it a lot. Yeah, and that product has specific, because there are different products, even in, in reverse mortgages, and they have specific requirements and specific rules. And you may not want that to happen, those kinds of rules. You, you may not want to be subject to those types of rules, you know, in five years. So you need to really look at what the options are, how it works, and how it's really going to affect you. And it works both ways, too. It might not always be. We're, we're kind of focusing on the negative, like, you know, they're saying you need to buy this, and the answer is you don't buy it. It works the other way, too, when somebody says, oh, never get that, because it doesn't right. work. Well, that's not always true. So it can go both directions. You might be the wrong audience for someone's bad experience or advice to not do something as well. All right. So last but not least, one more example here, Janine, of where we find bias in financial media is when somebody has an axe to grind. <laughs> so there's a lot of that. And of course, everybody thinks of Jim Cramer's Mad Money program because he is the, probably the most well-known, most popular stock picker. Or, and his show is really entertainment. I mean, it's not a legitimate investment show. It's entertainment. But you know, if he gets ticked off at, or he thinks the CEO of Apple does something that he doesn't like, you know, he's likely to bash it. And will that affect the stock price? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe something the CEO does will affect the stock price for sure. But you know, you have to be careful of those who have an axe to grind. We you know for certain uh, companies, stocks, and. What does that mean to you? Um, you know, if you have a bad experience with a, a product, you may, these bloggers will do this. Bloggers will get on and start blogging, bad-mouthing a particular product, and that can affect their stock price. So guess what? Some of these large companies have people on staff or that they've hired to watch this because there has to be a rebuttal. And, and so as an investor, you're not necessarily following that. 
So if you're trying to pick individual stocks or do one-offs, you could get suckered into that play. And you have to be really careful. Um, just going back to, for a quick minute, for Jim Cramer, he, he's never beat the market. Never. And his picks back in 2007, 2008 actually harmed people. So you have to be very careful what information you're taking on, on board because you never really know what somebody's motivations really are. Yep. It could be that they're trying to sensationalize thing. It could be the fact that they're trying to sell you something, not giving you that uh, fiduciary type advice. We talk a lot. They just want you to buy something. That's the paid placement that we talked right. about. You might not even be the right audience for the advice that they're trying to give. So it might not be. That's why we said at the beginning, it's not always that there's necessarily you know nefarious intentions here. It's just that their message may not be aimed at you. They're, they're trying to reach a different group of people. You just happen to hear the message, but you're the wrong audience for what otherwise might be a good message for the right right audience. But again, you're just not in the right camp. And then, yeah, an axe to grind. Another good example of where we see financial bias in the media. However, Janine, we live in the 21st century. It's a fast paced moving world. We've got to stay up to breast of what's happening. We can't just withdraw from the media you know, completely and still live sort of a normal life. So how do you account for all these biases? What do you tell your investors and your clients to you know, know about you know, what to listen to, who to listen to, how to identify these biases and how how does it all work into your financial planning process? Well, typically I'll get I'll get some emails or I'll get a phone call or, or in a meeting somebody will mention information and and a lot of times I'll say if you hear something that you think you're interested in, send it to me. I'll do the research. And hear something, I'll, say something. Like yeah, hear something, say something. Safety, exactly. Safety protocols, right? <laughs> <laughs> because we'll do the research. We'll put it in context. We will show you what the how it actually works. Because typically. Not all of that is expressed in an advertisement or you only remember 10%, isn't that the, I think that's the statistics, you only remember 10% of what you hear? Uh, Something but, like that. But you'll hear a but name. We'll, you'll hear we'll a say name it's a right, even if it's not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you, you, everybody's familiar with Fidelity. They're familiar with Vanguard. They're familiar with T. Rowe Price because it's the local company. You know, so you assume because it's a big box store that it's good stuff. Well, that, I'm going to say it always depends on utilization and implementation. And so if you're not sure about something you've heard, I mean, I get a lot of emails from a few clients in, in particular. <laughs> what, what is this? What is this? And so um, first, then I have to tell them, turn off the news. So, <laughs> But it's always good to have somebody who's a sounding board, who can be objective and um, help you understand how it actually works and whether it's a good fit or not. As we said, if you find financial bias in the media or you're not quite sure, if you see something, say something. Reach out to Janine if you need that extra <laughs> filter to uh, look through that you know information that you're trying to digest and understand. You can give a call at any time to Janine at 443-718-6311. That's 443-718-6311. You can also find Janine online at TheusWealthAdvisors.com. That's TheusWealthAdvisors.com. Com and get some help and assistance there on the website. She is your financial commander in Columbia, serving you throughout the Howard County areas. Well, Janine, that's the final Your Financial Mission that we're going to do. 
Yep. Next time you hear the show, folks, it's going to be Her Wealth Matters. And so we'll be introducing that new show, telling you more about the radio show and all that good stuff as well on the next episode, which will kind of be restarting over at episode one with Janine under the new show name. So that'll be a lot of fun. But Janine, I've enjoyed your financial mission and uh, looking forward to our next chapter as well. Thank you so much, Walter. It's been a blast. I'm really looking forward to the show because uh, just to pick people's interest, it isn't going to be just about women. <laughs> so. That's right. That's right. We do want to be clear about that. That's and we right. will be on the show. It's not just about women, but uh, we will have a large focus uh, on women and uh, why it's so important for women to be a part of the financial and retirement planning process, if not leading the charge in many cases as well. So we're going to talk about a lot of the reasons why on that first episode as we make this transition to a new show. So we hope you will come along with us to the new show name. You shouldn't have to do anything, by the way, if you are a regular subscriber to the show. We'll be doing everything on the back end that should just transfer your subscription over to the new show. But if for some reason you get to February and you can't find our new episodes, just look up Her Wealth Matters on your favorite podcasting app and you can find us and subscribe to us again there but shouldn't have to press anything but if for some reason wires get crossed and you need to uh refind us again just look for her wealth matters and you can subscribe to that new show that way all right we'll talk to you soon on her wealth matters but for the final time you've been listening to your financial mission for janine theus i'm walter storholt we'll talk to you soon 